Now, don't go away, because next on CBS Radio's Comedy Time are those two zany characters of many characters, Bob and Ray. And now, from coast to coast, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding are pleased to present the CBS Radio Network. <laughs> You're on the air. Thanks very much, Ray. You are, too. And the last program for this week, and we've got a lot of uh, surprises, we think, that you'll certainly not want to miss. You think so? Is there some water here? Yes, we're well-equipped with that. That's about all we had. <laughs> Sounds like a sound effect. What's the whole thing? A little later, we're going out to Hollywood for a very, uh... I got the hot coffee. Okay. And I uh, see I have the uh, pineapple vanish. What do you do, come through the building all the time? Uh, French donut. No. I got a jelly donut. I'm not so hungry. What's that? Take a pot of biscuit. Oh, no, no. no. I'm not hungry anymore. And beer. No, well, thank you very much. Can you, can you see the sign outside there? It says on the air. These were broadcasting. Yeah. Close the door. Oh, what problems we have here. I don't pay any attention to those signs. Well, let's get to the first feature anyway. Yeah, okay. Music. Howdy, this is Lawrence Chuck Peterden, your novice sports reporter, coming to you from our new low-input station here in Elder Hyde, Montana. And as usual, because of budgetary limitations, our guest today is another sports figure who's had it. He's ex-swimming champion Nick Flail Edwards. And Nick, what are you doing these days? Well, Chuck, uh, I'm in the restaurant business in the town of Blair's Bend. Like so many other ex-athletes, eh? Well, that's right. My restaurant uh, is called a stroke, and especially of the house is carp. Well, isn't carp a fish that's uh, hard to get, Nick? Well, yes, but I have it flown in from New York, see. Well, the airport there at Blair's End? Uh, well, no. Uh, the nearest airport is 300 miles away in Loose Shale. And the carp is delivered by bus from Loose Shale. It uh -huh. takes about five days before I get the carp. Well, how's the business at your restaurant, uh, the stroke? Well, I never go near the place. Uh, I rented an empty store about 100 feet up the street from the stroke, and uh, I conduct the business from there. But as for your question, I don't think I'm doing too well. I see. Well, Nick, as a sports figure who's had it, what was the high spot in your swimming career as you look back now? Well, uh, I'd say in 1932... Uh, I became interested in underwater swimming, and uh, that year I swam around Manhattan Island underwater. Wow. And uh, stayed under for seven hours. That's a long time, Nick. Were you uh, in any way affected by uh, having been underwater for that length of time? Well, Chuck, uh, for about two months after that particular feat, I was unable to eat any food unless it was thrown on a hook. Mm -hmm. Nick, as a swimmer who's had it, so to speak, what started you on your downfall? Could you tell us? Well, uh, it was in 1934. I attempted to swim the English Channel, 
And uh, with all that grease on me, I sank like a stone as soon as I hit the water. Mm. And uh, there was a lot of bad publicity, and things didn't go too well after that. Well, what did you do when you found things weren't going so well for you? Well, I kicked around. I got a job in the Everglades wrestling alligators. How did that work out? Well, it was a big scandal. A couple of alligators were caught throwing the bouts. Uh, and after that? Well, I got a job with a circus. Uh, Jumping from a height of 300 feet into a tank filled with two feet of water. Did you uh, cut the mustard on that job, Nick? Yeah, I sure did. Except on the nights that uh, the elephants get thirsty and drain the tank. Well, the, <laughs> the tank. I guess there is an unhappy memory for you. The job must have toughened you up, however. Well, it taught me that life is full of hard marks. I say it did that. Which uh, brings us to the present. How come, Nick, you decided to go into the restaurant business? Well, I found out that I could have carp flown in daily from New York City. And uh, I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity like that. Well, thanks very much for being with us today. Former sports great Nick Flail Edwards. And when the great swimming pool is drained dry, I'm sure your name will be visible at the bottom. Say, you know, everywhere you go across the country... Or across the street party, for instance, you carry the fun with you when you own a Columbia Stereophonic high-fidelity phonograph. Now, there's a marvelous selection of seven new portable models in smart new color combinations at your Columbia Phonograph dealer for you to choose from. Now, each one is a masterpiece of design and beauty. More quality, more features, and more styling have been built into these sturdy portables than ever before. And how much fun you'll have enjoying all the wonderful new sound of stereo records. Regular records take on new beauty, too, when played on handsome Columbia Portable. And you'll be amazed at the big console sound that's reproduced by Columbia Portable stereophonic high-fidelity phonographs. You'll thrill to the excitement of Stereo One by Columbia, number one in the wonderful world of sound. And... Columbia Portables are economical, too. Prices start as low as $24.95. See them and hear them today at your Columbia Phonograph dealer. Nice going, Bob. Did a real nice job on that. Now then, it's time to call in our famous announcer. I don't know if he's been on the show yet. Word card. No, he hasn't. I don't I, think people... I didn't even know he was working again. He's back. And uh, we've uh, assigned him to Hollywood. And he'll be doing most of his work from there. So, Word Car standing by now in the phone capital. Come in, please. Word Car on the soundstage of MGL Studios here in uh, Hollywood, reporting to Bob and Ray in New York. The uh, filming of one of uh, this fall's biggest motion pictures is underway, and we're fortunate today to be here uh, to witness uh, one of the most exciting scenes uh, in the picture, which is going to be shot in just a few minutes, the picture Anatomy of a Jury, starring uh, Flint Locke. Uh, Lawson Tisdale with uh, Mary Beth McLaughlin. I believe uh, Flintlock is going to have a word or two with us, Flint. Uh, before they shoot this scene, could you just uh, say a word or two uh, about the picture? And uh, I might say you're looking great. Well, thank you very much, and hello, fans everywhere. Has becoming uh, become an overnight uh, success, uh, as you have in Hollywood, uh, uh, created any special problems for you, Flint? Well, uh, I don't... 
knows I'm an overnight success for years. Well, I'm Danny Oakley's husband, you know, in a TV series. I think I you're being pretty modest uh, there, Flynn. But this uh, particular picture that uh, you're here to see, a portion of the film today, is uh, called Anatomy of a Jury. Yes. And uh, it's a dramatic thing. It's my first dramatic role, really, where I can really sink my teeth into it. And I think I'm doing a wonderful job. Well, I think uh, after the uh, your fans uh, see you in this picture, I uh, think they will uh, agree even more that uh, you are one of the top flight uh, new stars uh, on the Hollywood firmament. A word uh, coming from you, I know that's high praise. Well, now, uh, we're going to see, I see they're pretty well set up over there. The orchestra is sitting down, and uh, they must be about ready to shoot the scene. This yeah. is where the jury comes in. That's that right. right. You see, I'm the foreman. Of the jury. Put it on the set, please. We're and, shooting uh, take 213. Well, word, excuse me. I'll take uh, yes. over and do I'm, I was just pointing out that I am the uh, foreman of the jury, and this is the climax of the whole picture. We come in now. See, we're ready. about to see. Quiet on the set. This is a take. Talk, talk, action, music. Mr. Foreman, have you reached a decision? Yes, Your Honor, we have. We find the defendant... Flint! Great, Flint. Nice going, Flint. Terrific take. Thank you very much. Uh, Flint, I wonder if we have just... Is the scene over? Yes, that's all for today. Well, uh, we don't know how it uh, actually came up, what the answer was, or anything... Uh, you can't give us an idea of what the return of the jury was? The writers haven't decided yet. They don't know whether to have the fellow guilty or not guilty. So on this note of suspense, and certainly one which will make us all want to see your picture, it's goodbye to... All right, Frank, break the set. Let's go. Striking the set now, and this Turn is goodbye. Saying goodbye from Hollywood. Back to New York. Thank you, Word. Back here in New York, we are indeed. That's one thing I meant to uh, talk to Word about before he went out there was that he uh, he, he always kind of gets a, an interview or, or a description right up to the crucial moment, and then it just falls flat. Now, we didn't learn anything about the picture. From well, you know they are writing movies right up to the last minute, obviously. Now, here the writers haven't decided whether the fellow is guilty or not. <laughs> What's that? Hmm? Oh, one of our writers... Uh, can't decide how this show is going to end. He's in there. All right, well, we'll think of something when we get to it. We have a few minutes yet. Hi, Brian. Wally Blue and Naughty Skirmelhorn today are... What's the golf course? Uh, They're out at the Falderall Country Club in New Jersey. For the 95th annual uh, Flubbers Open. And uh, he's standing by there at the 18th hole as uh, the last twosome are coming in. Come in, please. Wally Blue. Adios, Wally Blue, standing at the... 19th grade here at the Falderall Country Club where the 95th uh, Flubbers Open is coming to uh, climax. Uh, Hooker Fenster and Rapid Ralph DeClear are the two finalists. I believe they're tied at 72 and Hooker probably will be the first one. Hey, you the mic. Will you clam up, please? We're broadcasting. I'm line up a putt. Hooker is trying to line up his putt. Uh, he lies about 8 feet from the pin while uh, Rapid Ralph... Please. 
Watch it. I'll have to be quiet now while he takes his time lighting up the shot. Explain it after. It's taking a great deal of time measuring, thinking about... Now there's a helicopter overhead that seems to be approaching, taking some sort of motion pictures of this exciting event. Right over uh, Hooker at the moment. Hey, will you get out of here with the whirling bird? I'm trying to fly. Hooker is... Uh, I get in here on a birdie, I got it. Calling up to the uh, pilot. Come on, will you? Trying to shoo him off, much in the manner that he would try to shoo a mosquito off his neck. Now the plane is... Please, will well, you? I believe he's about ready to make his putt, the one which will count so much in this, the final round of the... And here he goes. Well, he hesitated there, and the ball went about three feet to the right of oh, well, the pin. bird came right down and uh, flew right in front of me. I can't... Uh, I, I can't... Now I'm going to call in Artie Skirmahorn, who is back uh, by the rough to the left of the pin, and he is following uh, Rapid Ralph McClear. And, uh, Artie, can you hear me back there? Yes, I can hear you very well, Wally. Uh, yes, he is in the rough, and he will have to get out of here on a, I would estimate, a seven-iron shot to... Uh, quiet, get... please? This is a very important shot for me. Yeah. So just stand back. Right. He'll have to uh, get out of here with a seven iron shot if he wants to uh, birdie this hole. Now, uh, he is, uh, as you know, one under par at this point. So if he birdies here, he's got a wonderful opportunity to. Uh, oh. You've got to be quiet. Now. Uh, don't, don't. Come on. Okay. Oh, watch it. Uh, take it away, Wally. I'm in serious trouble. Hello again here at the 18th grade, waiting for Rapid Ralph's shot to come up from the. From the sand trap, and here it is, landing within 15 inches of the pin. A beautiful chip shot by Ralph, Rapid Ralph as he comes over the bunker now, heading up for this final all-important putt. Ralph, it's wonderful, Thank and we're certainly much. anxious to see you uh, just quiet pull out seconds, here. Please, All right, here he goes, lining it up, and he's just about... Well, the owner of the Massachusetts license plate 5839 Please report to the pros' office. I guess that's all there is. Uh, look, uh, look they're broadcasting. Give me just five seconds. All right, I'll be quiet. Get this fight, I'll win the tournament. Hold Thank on. you, please. <laughs> hey, Ralph, that's your card. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, You're just, oh, just putting as oh, I... Oh, gee, thank you, broadcasters, for ruining my chance. Terribly sorry. This is Wally Ballou returning it now to our main studios. And here in our main studios in Portland... Uh, looks like we're all set to sign off the show, wouldn't you say? Gee, I guess we are already, huh? Well, we had a wonderful week. We want to thank uh, Vic Cowan, our director, and Kirby Ayers, and Joe Cabibbo, and Tom Sheehy, and Joe Alonzo. Do we leave out anybody? We'll be We want to thank us for being here. We'll be here again on Monday. Yeah, until then, this is Ray Goulding, reminding you all to write if you get work. Bob Elliott, reminding you to hang by your thumb.